Hey und Namaste bei SoulFlow, deinem Podcast für intuitive Kreativität und Mindfulness. Mein Name ist Paulina und ich freue mich, dass du heute hier bist. Diese Episode ist eine ganz besondere, denn es handelt sich heute um das allererste englischsprachige Interview hier im SoulFlow Podcast und zwar mit dem wundervollen Paar Chan und Maike, zwei wirklich inspirierende Menschen, Freigeister und spirituelle Künstler, die ich hier vor ein paar Wochen erst in Barcelona kennengelernt habe und gemeinsam organisieren die beiden Conscious Gatherings wie Women's Circle und Kakaozeremonien mit Ecstatic Dance. Und ich habe an einem von Chans Workshops über Sacred Geometry teilgenommen und war einfach nur sprachlos und so inspiriert von diesem ganzheitlichen Thema, wie sich geometrische Formen wie eine Art mathematische Formeln durch das ganze Universum, die Natur und unseren Körper ziehen und dabei als Sprache des, ja, des kosmischen Bewusstseins bezeichnet werden. Und Chan transformiert dabei diese universelle Sprache, diese sakrale Geometrie in Kunst in Form von schönen Holzarbeiten, Wanddekorationen und Gemälden, die eine wirklich unfassbar meditative Wirkung ausstrahlen. Und in diesem englischen Interview haben wir wirklich einen extremen Deep Talk und wir sprechen über den künstlerischen und spirituellen Weg der beiden, aber hauptsächlich eben darüber, was Sacred Geometry überhaupt bedeutet und welche Auswirkungen es auf unser Verständnis von der Welt und unserer Verbindung zur Natur hat. Und ja, es ist ein wirklich, ja wunderschönes und sehr tiefes Gespräch, das du dir wundervoll während des Malens oder abends mit einem Kakao anhören kannst. Und um das Interview einzuleiten, das eben auch ganz viel von der Einheit von uns selbst und dem Universum spricht, möchte ich heute Rumi zitieren und zwar You are not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean within a drop. Und damit wünsche ich dir ganz viel Spaß bei der ersten englischen Episode hier bei Soul Flow. So, I'm sitting here with two amazing and beautiful souls and an amazing couple and a very inspiring couple that I met only a few weeks ago actually here in Barcelona, mm. but I feel already very, very deeply connected to both of you because you, yeah, you really radiate love. And that's why I'm beyond grateful to be sitting here with you in your beautiful apartment <laughs> in Barcelona. And um, yeah, I want to thank you that you found your time today and share your stories here. So welcome, Chan and Maike. Thank you. It's so sweet. So happy you're here. <laughs> It's amazing, no? You know, a couple of days yeah. that we could end up in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really fast. Yeah, incredible. Cool. That's how it how it goes in Barcelona. <laughs> so uh, you two here in Barcelona, you created a collective or a community rather called the Creators Tribe, right? Yeah. So you create or organize conscious events uh, around mindfulness, around spirituality, and about yeah, it's all about community, right? Mm -hmm. 
But um, before we dive deeper into your work and into your art, because you, Maike, you organize goddess circles, women's circles, yeah. that, by the way, I'm going to attend tomorrow. <laughs> Very looking forward to it. And Chan, you're doing your workshops on sacred geometry, which is going to be the main focus of our interview today. Uh, that I attended, I think it was three weeks ago, right? Uh, three weeks already? Yeah, wow. something like that. And it left me really mind blown. And that's why we're here today, because I really want to share this with the world and uh, bring your message and wisdom out. And you two together organize also cacao ceremonies and ecstatic dances. Mm -hmm. So you do a very beautiful mix of, uh, yeah. of beautiful gatherings. But before we dive deep into this, um, a question to you, maybe you want to introduce yourself first. So yeah. who are you? What do you do? Where did you get here? What's your background? And maybe even who were you before? When you ask who were you before, is a deep question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indeed. I was one with all infinite creation. <laughs> well. You said? Sure. And mm -hmm. um, how far we are going back to the Earth plane or Barcelona mm. plane or. Wherever you want. <laughs> wherever, wherever your path began. Wherever you want to start. Well, the path began, I think, the time that I don't even remember now. I'm working on it, but I just aware of it. just tiny bit part of it yet. So I opened my eyes in the ancient city called Simirna, Izmir in Turkey, in a beautiful place. And since then I'm dancing on this beautiful harmonic ocean to create some harmony, some sparkles with love and inspiration basically to how I perceive everything and how I can contribute basically to the collective. Mm. So from the young ages I was educated to work architecture and then I ended up with design management and basically that brought me to Barcelona. And with that path I ended up with the sacred geometry, I'm gonna go more deeper soon. And since then, when we met with the sacred geometry, I've been developing some tools, toys, some decoration pieces, some, uh, I would say like a technology basically to unlock our codes, to raise our vibration and bring the connectedness insights to the world basically with different pieces. Mm. I've been using these pieces for a couple of years now and I'm feeling these um, effects already. So that's guiding me to create more pieces, more creations with this universal harmony. So to sum up now, I can call myself an artist who is developing and creating some toys, let's say, to trigger our evolution. Mm. So far, yeah, I'm going through in this field. And I'm mesmerized with effects and the uh, magic it brought to my life. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I wish the listeners could see what I'm seeing right now because <laughs> <laughs> we are here sitting in this apartment being surrounded by your art and mm. I can imagine that it has a huge effect on you yeah. seeing those works on a daily basis because it is affecting me being mm. here just for for a few hours and yeah. it's it's really beautiful. 
and that basically changed my whole life meeting with this universal information system is changed my whole being into a completely different being i would love to get into more deeper soon but yeah it's been a huge impact basically in my life Mm. and i am basically all to them to my current state of being Beautiful. Thank Hmm. you. And you, Maika? What's your story? Uh, um, (laughs) I'm born in in the Netherlands. I'm Dutch. Um, I have two little sisters. And yeah, I've always been a little bit of a weird kid. Like a little active, super active actually. With uh, two years I could walk and was climbing on everything. So my parents had to grab me everywhere. And um, one thing that really calmed me down was uh, drawing. And my grandfather was a beautiful, beautiful man with a lot of talent in drawing and in storytelling. And his dream was always to, to write a book and do the, um, yeah, make the drawings. Illustrations. The illustrations, that yeah. word I was looking for, uh, with it as well. So from the moment I could hold a pencil, basically, I, I was drawing and I could speak when I was one and a half. And like I was always talking, talking, talking and, and telling stories. and. John is laughing because I'm still talking a lot. <laughs> you have a lot to share. you also know where it comes from. <laughs> it's coming from childhood. From a big imagination, okay. basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was always, <laughs> was always able to, to hear more and to see more and having contact with yeah, things that other people couldn't see. So I always felt different. And I was very lucky that my parents accepted that, even though they didn't understand. But... They were very accepted, and the rest of my family actually as well. So I was very stimulated in in my creativity, um, and doing that in a lot of different ways: in drawing, painting, but also with clay or with wood. My dad is really good with anything with his hands. So as soon as I could, I was helping him with building stuff, and, which was really really nice. And yeah, school was not very of my. One of my interests, basically. I was very lucky that my primary school was the Rudolf Steiner School. Mm. So there Beautiful. I got very stimulated in yeah. everything that I felt, basically. I was never much of a thinker, but more a feeler in that way. So that was really nice. But for me, like trouble came when I had to go to a different school and when I had to go to high school. And I lost my creativity there as well, a bit, because I felt so forced into... In, yeah, different word ba- world basically I didn't fit into that that picture so what do you do if you want to fit in like you you try to to change yourself mm. so I lost myself there a bit for quite some years I think for um, yeah 10 years or something until I was in my 20s and um, I figured like yeah it's better to be myself than to try to be something I, I was not and I really figured that out when I started my education for nursing. And I went to nursing school, to university. And I only did that because I had to study something, you know. There was pressure from family. and The system. Thought, yeah, the system. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was 23. I had to do something. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't achieve anything. And how do you, will you make your money then? And mm. yeah, big pressure. Even though I never had a problem with working, I always had money. But... Um, yeah, when I started to do that, then I, then I figured out that there was actually another world, like the internal world of our bodies, and how that was working was very fascinating to me. I came in contact with different structures and how 
like was how cell looks that for me was a big finding it's like wow it's such a beautiful internal thing that a lot of people are not aware of and during that time I started drawing again because of the books I had and my learning is not like a lot of people do like I cannot read a book a, a study book then a normal book yeah but a study book and they expected me to understand what, what it was saying but it didn't work like that so what I did was drawing I was drawing what I had to understand and what I had to remember. Um, so that's why the drawing came in again and I started painting again and I bought some clay and I made some like sculptures and that was really beautiful and yeah, that, that started to it awakened my creativity again. And with that awakening I also started to change a lot which attracted different kind of people and I felt more and more out of society in that way. And yeah, then in my late, late 20s, I came to Barcelona for a holiday and I fell in love. And I came back within five days. <laughs> I was back to Barcelona and I moved here. That love is not existing anymore, but Barcelona still has a big place in my heart. And um, yeah, I'm really happy here. And Barcelona is the for me the city in Europe of creativity. Like, yeah. I was astonished by how everybody here is, everyone here is dressing and just expressing themselves in every way possible. Music, uh, art, clothes, hairstyles, and the way they are, their body movement is like, it was opening my world again. It was like, wow, yes, this here I can be a part of yeah. society basically as yeah. well. Here I do fit in. Yeah. So that for me was really beautiful. And then I met John last year and his art and that was something that even speeded up more like I've always been drawing mandalas without knowing that it's part mm. of sacred geometry and yeah. I've always drawing when I was very little of forms that now I recognize in his art and in what I've learned since we met about sacred geometry and different styles of art and now I understand why, because it's, it's the base of our existence. Mm. And that's so interesting for me to see and to learn more and more about that, that what I naturally did when I was growing up, that it actually means something. Yeah. I'm still in my path of finding out like, how did I come to that and what does it mean to me and how can I build further into this? But yeah, that's where I'm at right now, finding out. Still integrating. Yeah, <laughs> finding out where yeah. we are and what we're doing here. Yeah, <laughs> as yeah. we all are. As we all are. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Thank mm. you so much for sharing. Yeah, it's beautiful to have that insight of you too. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, f I feel the same about Barcelona. It's such a magical place where just uh, you feel the creativity vibrating. You're just yeah. walking on the street and you feel your cells dancing, you yeah. know, you feel the creativity being expressed in such a free and just non-judgmental way and yeah. so raw and edgy and yeah, it's just great. It's great to connect and and to express and, and to, to live that creativity because I feel like creativity is, is a motor 
mm. that drives Barcelona yeah, and sure. hence attracts people like you and like people like me and, and who resonate so much with, with this mentality. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think f and like the most non-judgment part, like you come from Germany, you also mm. have that society image and that structure and you need to fit in a certain way. In Holland we have that too and that's totally different here. You still have that, but if you are on the creative side, yeah. you just feel so empowered here. Yeah. Like, to explore more and more and more yeah opportunities yeah. are just given naturally here to yeah. you without effort just yeah yeah that's true yeah it's beautiful and um with the creators tribe barcelona you you created your own project here together and uh, do you mind uh telling us a little bit about what your vision is with with this community and what what your your events are about um yeah when we met We both actually were on a new path in our life, I think. John just arrived in, in Barcelona again after he's been away for a while. And I just came out of two very difficult years. And um, we started to attract other people together. John was going to aesthetic dance a lot and he met a lot of people there. Um, in January, we found this house together. And it was just a very natural flowing thing that people started to come and mm. started to come over and we started to call it gatherings even though like we at that time we didn't know what we were building. It's <laughs> only like eight months ago yeah. right now. So yeah, that it was actually super fast that, that the group started growing, growing, growing and we had like 20, 30 people here in the house just enjoying themselves, sharing love, vibrating high and it were such yeah nourishing uh, evenings for mm. us all for everybody who was here it was beautiful so in that moment we were thinking like what shall we do and we asked the people as well like would you be interested in, in doing more different things and having a whatsapp group and everybody's like yeah yeah yeah. and in that moment i was thinking about creating a woman's circle eventually i didn't do that or yeah i didn't do that because i didn't feel like the time was right um, but we continued with the gatherings and it's, it was growing all the time. And from one thing came the other, the ideas started flowing and people came with suggestions. So we did um, John's Sacred Geometry Workshop in March before Corona hit us. Mm. Um, the first time, and there were a lot of people attending there, it was really, really beautiful. First time also that people from outside were coming. Yeah, and also interesting though, no? Like, is We just start with not these intentions, like, like yeah. um, we just start in the beginning, like a uh, dinner, like mm. Uh, mm -hmm. gathering people, gathering the uh, friends that we know and friend of their friends also. We just start with like a basic gatherings, like uh, yeah. I would cook. some chats, some dinners, some music, yeah, some sharing, like jamming. Yeah. There was nothing really behind yeah. it in that moment. Yeah. It was just a beautiful coming together and mm. sharing your energy. Nature will grow to that point, basically. Yeah. To guide us, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and we never yeah. really thought about it afterwards, yeah. I think, more as well. like we. I think for me, the first point that I realized, like, oh, this can be something, or this is what, what like we are attracting right now, was, well, the first weeks of March during the lockdown here, um we felt the need to, to, to gather again, but we couldn't. And yeah. then we started to organize Zoom calls. And then all of a sudden, a lot of people joined during the Zoom calls because there was this need for connection, and like especially in that time. 
And that for me was a moment where I felt like, oh, yes, we are playing a role in this because apparently we're the space holders and we're opening this here, even though we were not totally aware of that. But yeah, it unfolded like that. It's quite interesting, though, the, when the world gets crazier, the most important lessons are coming to the surface. Yeah. And the whole intention from the beginning is to connect, is to gather together, is to unify. And with the whole situation happening here, like when all society gets more separated, it just kicked more. Mm. And it just shows us more, okay, here your opportunity to build some collective, basically. Mm. And... That's what we both believe into also. The whole process when it's getting that crazier, the medicine is the collective to getting together, is the sharing. Because we believe that we are holding as a one people, one family. And it doesn't matter how much we're separated from that, but when we get together in this space, in any space, we remember those um, internal sensations as a code that they're activating and we are feeling this bliss every time and how mm. easily it's just feeling that and that basically the whole inspiration for both of us to open some space for everyone to share to connect to co- create anything that we want that anything they are just feeling the call to have a space for that yeah co-creation i think was one of the biggest themes that we immediately felt like yes this is we felt it with the house already like this is our house but we want to open the space for other people to co-create who maybe not have the space to do something but have something really valuable to to bring to people so that's why we started to call the group creators gathering Mm. in that moment there was no tribe Mm. yet (laughs) that is very recently so it started to become the creators gathering and yeah, we both started to think about things that we would like to offer and to bring. And John got into the aesthetic dance. So it was a natural development that like I wanted to do the cacao and we both love the cacao. Yeah. And he loved this aesthetic dance. I also love music, so we used to do yeah, put that together to mm. cacao ceremony followed by aesthetic dance. And that works really, really well. Even though there are a lot of opportunities for aesthetic dance here in Barcelona yeah I think um, our yeah extra thing in this is that it's in our house so it's a private space surrounded by art and Mm. intimate groups like the most we had now was 25 but that's also max what we can do here Mm. because it's otherwise too crowded Um, but yeah it's an intimate sharing of of love and like last time I had to laugh very much because there was one guy and he came and we were holding the opening circle and we were asking like okay let's tell a little bit like why you're here and what you would like to to feel tonight and if you have something to share or intentions for the cacao and this guy says like I have no clue why I'm here today but I am here yeah I don't know why but I'm here (laughs) I was like it's interesting <laughs> that's super nice too but he had a good vibe you know yeah. it was, it was good. Uh, no expectations <laughs> no expectations no nothing 
I was like, okay, that's interesting because how do you find us then? You know, yeah. how do you, you just wake up one morning, go on Instagram or Facebook and see, like, okay, Kakao is this. I have no clue, but I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. And eventually, at the end of the night, we also do the closing circle and we asked again, like, do you want to share something? And as the last person who wanted to share something was him. And he <laughs> said, I knew why I came now. Now I know why I was here. <laughs> this is amazing like it was it was so sweet to yeah. see that and that's where you do it for for me yeah. personally yeah i think those moments when when you see people who like we all sometimes have no direction or we feel a little bit lost or these insecure times like you don't really know what to do how to handle yourself let be all the energy outside and everything that's changing and we create such a safe and warm, open, loving space here mm. that people, you see people relax when they come in. Like sometimes people come in in a, in a rush, in a hurry, sit down and it takes maybe five to 10 minutes, but you see people calm down and they settle, they ground and it helps that we drink this beautiful heart opener, the cacao and that we do mm. meditation and stuff like that. But I think it's just the energy that we generate all together which is such a beautiful outcome. And we personally vibrate like maybe a week after still yeah, <laughs> so high. Like, we feel high after a yeah. session with no drugs or alcohol, but... Cacao. Cacao. The magic of and cacao. magic. Yeah, <laughs> magical people. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's beautiful yeah. what you just described, that it just evolved so naturally. And mm. I believe that if you're really on the right path and if you're following your mission and the gifts that you have to share, it just comes effortlessly towards yeah. your way, right? Mm -hmm. There's no hustle, there's no push, push. Yeah. exactly. It just comes to you and it just evolves naturally. And yeah. this holding space, just this simple act of holding a safe space with so much love and openness is mm -hmm. already so magical. And mm -hmm. Well, you just said that it evolved in a time actually where people needed connection and it's so true like yeah. you know this this whole crisis you know the whole covid situation it brought us into more separation mm. more and more even like here in barcelona with wearing the masks you know it's it creates more and more separation more and more anxiety and it's so valuable that you actually create space especially in a time like that where people can get together and share love and feel connection Because that's yeah. actually what we have to work for, and yeah. Yeah. That's the thing what we feel like from the beginning. We believe like all virus is the fear and separation, basically. That we are just pushing this fear more and more and more. And whatever we can do to just make a trick to the into the love vibe, into the sharing, caring, harmony, is the medicine, basically that we mm. need. And because we believe the virus is the fear now. Yeah. And and we are the protection. Yeah. We protect yeah. ourselves and like that's the biggest gift I think you can give to yourself and anyone by showing that. Like mm. there's no need for fear. No. Never. Whatever yeah. life is throwing at you, there's no need for fear. Yeah. And I think yeah, this group is the perfect example for that as well. Like there is almost no fear. I think sometimes new people who come in 
Like last week, there was some people coming in with a mask, but that mask goes off within two seconds. <laughs> and when I opened the door, I said, can I give you a hug? And mm. like, Do we hug? I remember yes, when, I, when, I, when, I, yeah, when I met you for the first time, I was the one asking, you know, I was like, yeah. can I hug you? Yeah. And then I hugged you and it was such, I'm such a hugger. I mm. love hugs. And your hug was just so sincere. Mm. I didn't want to let go of you too. And, and immediately I knew I love you. Like I, I, don't, I didn't know you. I didn't know you, who you it were. It feels so good. Yeah. It's so, so beautiful. easy. Like, yeah. It's one of the most easiest things yeah. that we have, and mm. like we're, that's what I think we should more be more aware about. Like mm. our gifts are so basic yeah. and so powerful, and it can make someone's day by just giving one hug. Exactly. And yeah, it's so easy. We should do that way more. Yeah. And we should not let us set back by COVID and being in fear and not hugging each other anymore. And yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no I was a witness of, of this love that you share hmm. in, in the event um, of the Sacred Geometry Workshop and um, and tomorrow in your Women's Circle that I cannot wait to join because <laughs> I myself started organizing Women's Circles as well and I just, I love meeting other women who are on the same path and mm. supporting each other. And it's really, it's really very unique and special, the mm. space that you created and the safety and the love and the people, the community, it's really, really magical. And that's why I'm so happy to share some of your vibes here. And mm -hmm. I hope it's virtually tangible, but I'm sure it is. And um, yeah, so the <laughs> and the workshop really mm. just, I, I attended it three weeks ago, I think, and yeah, or two and a half weeks ago. Mm. and it really um, for me it took a few days as well to integrate you were talking about uh, integration Micah in mm -hmm. the beginning and it really took me some days and I came home and I told my boyfriend about this crazy workshop that I did and I was like <laughs> I, I don't know how many voice messages I sent to my friends uh, telling them I will interview them for my podcast you will see you will see <laughs> because it's just really for me it was connecting the dots really that was what it was mm. So it was really connecting the dots from the perception of how I perceive my body, how I perceive the universe, how I perceive nature, and how I perceive the connection between me and the cosmos. And mm. it's really been magical and mind and soul and heart expanding what you just shared, Jan, in this mm. workshop. And yeah, it really um, changed a lot within me and that's why I'm happy to talk about it again today to to reflect again on it to repeat some informations because the workshop I think was four hours <laughs> so it was a very intense deep dive into this topic and I think it could have gone on for 10 more hours sure. yeah because yeah. it felt like an infinite ocean forever yeah forever <laughs> yeah yes. as a fractal in it a spiral a movement. Yeah. <laughs> it's a forever yeah. subject. Yeah, never I, stops. I can imagine. So I know mm. it's it's a very um, complex topic. I know it's a very holistic and broad topic. Mm. But maybe, Chen, um, you can try to break it down for everyone who's listening now who has never heard of sacred geometry before. What is sacred geometry? Why is it sacred? Where can it be found and what does it all mean? Okay. <laughs> First of all, I, will not, I want to also thank you. Like for me, when I hear those like feedbacks and reflections about what we shared, it's giving me the 
hope and inspiration to continue and to dive deep more and more every day because like if I feel like if I just touch a single bit in anybody is what I see is a huge impact as a fractal also because mm-hmm. I know it's a butterfly effect that if one people just had a tiny inspiration is gonna tell friends and friends gonna feel like this and that and that and it's gonna change our collective consciousness basically immediately and so fast and so I'm too grateful that you had sensations and this inspiration after the workshop um, because for me it's also it's, it wasn't easy to communicate with people in that language it took mm. me some years first to digest and to share to in what way, which way I had so many papers to just find the best way to especially for my work like when I'm just making my website I was wondering okay which words do I need to use because we are talking about microscopic and microscopic universe and you are talking about everything in a way that you need to make a selection that everybody could understand which is not easy yeah I can imagine and especially if you just type into secretary subject is like an infinite ocean of pool like it's there's so many details so many like aspects to dive deep which I'm just scratching surface now I've never considered myself as an expert with because I'm, I'm feeling like we are like baby steps right now. We are having baby steps of this cosmic harmony, understanding and feeling this cosmic harmony. And I can just only reflect from my tiny understanding of it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> as a simplified version of it, we can say that is the language of the universe, basically. Sacred geometry is a geometrical representation of the energy. I call it is like a dynamics of the energy flow. Hmm. So, what is energy? What is energy flow? Basically, in a simple sense, if you look anything in the electron microscope, that you see some particles are moving, and these particles are not moving randomly. They are they are following certain patterns, and they are not just a, Particles under the microscope you can see is like uh, flowers, like trees, like human body, planets, galaxies. They all follow certain patterns, some certain geometrical harmony, basically. And it's quite interesting, though, from first uh, years of my research, I was seeing that if is that common, why nobody taught us in school? Like it's, we are talking about. Uh, branch arrangement of a tree, the petals of the flower, if they have some coherence in between of in between each other, why nobody just thought that? Or like our bodies are like the same fractal versions of the trees or the lungs as like thunderstorms. Uh, should be a common uh, knowledge. Knowledge, yeah. common understanding in the schools even. It should be like the first thing that they should mm. taught us. So is for me that was the first like wow like for why also and as much as you go deeper you found that everything is kind of connected in each other they have a some certain way of 
being itself and it's quite recognizable in so many things for example your hands your bone structure in your hands the ratio of these tiny bones are like the same ratio as the three branches they mm. all go into some sort of proportions or like the same as if you cut an apple in the center and if you check your electromagnetic field of your heart or of your body is like the same and there's so much so much cor- correlations in between that is kind of mesmerizing to see that nobody's talking about that mm. <laughs> from that was the basic break point of okay there, there's something in there and i want to be honest that before just i Mm, meet with the sacred geometry the world that I used to pursue was completely different for me that was the basic game change that I said before like I was basically materialistic atheist guy that see the world separately functioning in itself without a connection and sacred geometry basically showed me that everything is not separate they have some certain connection even though we cannot see with our eyes that there's some sort of connection and as much as you recognize this connection you start to see with your physical eyes too and how did you uh, start noticing that how did you get into the topic of sacred geometry actually i didn't found it he found me or she found me i would say um i was in barcelona basically barcelona is, was my birth of this new age we were um, i was in the masters uh, in the design management in here and one day they took us to a workshop and in these days quite synchronistically also i was questioning my whole entire life i came here to be a yacht designer <laughs> it is some completely different idea mm. and in these days i was basically in my dark night of the soul that I was searching so many things reading many things but quite different varieties and one of them was like uh, animations that I found in basically online that was talking about sacred geometry and I with my uh, architectural background I really liked the shape of a seed of life for me it was a very beautiful geometrical form The seed of life, just It's for everyone who who doesn't know what it is, it's it's like a formation of six circles. It's uh, one in the center and six circles in around. around. So it's like mm. seven circles. So it looks a little bit like the flower of life, like a mandala, basically. Yeah, is yeah. a for me it was a basically simple understanding of harmony, balance, and unity. There is like a one circle basically, just mm-hmm. one circle repeating itself is like uh, every circle is the same but they come together in a way that they create harmony mm. in a balanced equilibrium that you found inside this simple shape and in, in that simple shape arrangement gives you a different dimension to also you see as a three-dimensional cube this simple shape so for me it was kind of mesmerizing thing to see from this geometrical perspective and that day i basically printed out one uh, seed of life necklace for myself and i just shared in the some facebook group that i thought somebody if somebody wants 
to have it, I can just make more. And that day was a game changer of my life that I received so many emails and messages from all around the world that it was asking like how I can get that, I wanna have this and that, my friend want this and then <laughs> that night I couldn't able to sleep and hold <laughs> infinite ideas just come out and I was like wow finally I found that I can connect every experience in my life that mm. is this um, certain skills I developed I can combine in one thing to serve the collective so in that point I was basically seeking something in me that I wasn't seeing myself as a as a contributor basically to the mm. collective as a service yeah yeah the thing that I found out in the end is like uh, there's a two choice there's service to self or service to others and I found in these years like how much I was focused on me and I was seeking to do something else rather than me and sacred geometry basically brought that to me to make some artwork using these universal codes that can trigger so many people so if we come to the sacred geometry part that I believe at some point it was a common knowledge in the society in the culture mm. and because if you see that why a plant using this geometry for example if you look a look a leaf arrangement is the perfect angle to absorb the rain and the sunlight so yeah. nature is using this geometry as a perfect solution for intelligence yeah for yeah. its presence and i believe like we were using the geometry too in our architecture too hmm. or also intuitively yeah. just like you micah you said as a kid you were you were working with sacred geometry and mandatas and yeah. we, we use yeah. it without even even knowing mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a, so basically to to break it down sacred geometry is basically what you just explained this intelligent force this almost mathematical form that the universe works with like that everything in the universe is basically working in sacred geometric shapes and patterns and that you can find it within ourselves and outside of ourselves within everything in the universe that it's like patterns that just keep repeating themselves and that everything in nature in the cosmos in our body even in our dna is constructed in the sacred geometric flow right Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, as a simplified version of that, yeah, I would completely agree with that. Mm. I could add one also word into it. Please. As a, I would say, is it a language of the consciousness also? Mm. It's a dynamic motion, a geometrical dynamic motion of the consciousness in the physical form. Because we say that everything is in the universe. What is everything? That comes to that question also. If we see that we are living in this high intelligence, what is this intelligence? What creates us in it? Some say it's like a language of light. Mm. Some say it's a um, God's uh, fingerprint. <laughs> Some say it's a universal harmonics. Some say it's a, a language of nature mm. that we see that isn't everywhere from microscopic to microscopic universe, from atoms to the planets. So 
I would say, yeah, is a language of consciousness that is manifesting in 3D world play. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. And those sacred geometric shapes and patterns, mm -hmm. I remember from the workshop, it can be fractals, mm -hmm. it can be the seed of life, the flower of life, and uh, it, it's, it's certain patterns that keep repeating themselves yeah. in a certain even proportion with the golden mm -hmm. cut that, yeah. you know, uh, just as me from graphic design, you know mm -hmm. it from, from architecture. And we work with, with this geometry but without knowing its deeper interconnectedness, right? Yeah. And, and that's what I found so fascinating about it. And also what you described, that everything in the universe is basically always determined by movement mm -hmm. that goes in a spiral, right? Mm, yeah. Just as our DNA and as everything in the universe and, and the galaxy. And it's just what you say, as within, so without, mm -hmm. as below so above as uh, microscopic so macroscopic right yeah. like it, an atom is just a representation of a planet or uh, our body is just a micro representation of the earth yeah. or our lungs are, are just a micro representation of a tree or mm -hmm. our veins are a representation of the rivers and it's just basically patterns and fractals everything is a fractal of everything mm -hmm. and you don't know where what starts and where yeah. it ends <laughs> and that's why i shared my dream with you in this mm. in this um it's beautiful by the way yeah <laughs> you will have to share it again <laughs> yeah I, i shared it in the german episode yeah. but for everyone who who is listening uh, i had this dream where basically it was an out-of-body experience and i saw myself sitting on a chair in a very neutral white room and it was a zooming in movement but also in a spiral it was sort of as if i was turning as if the camera through which i was looking was turning and, and i was diving closer to my body until i actually was inside of my body inside the flesh the blood the structure the organs and i dived deeper and deeper until i was in the depth of my cells until i found myself in the smallest fraction of my body where I actually found nothingness I found void I find, found darkness which turned out to be the universe because all of a sudden mm. I, I found myself in this empty void in this endless infinite um, darkness which was not threatening but just very neutral and peaceful and quiet and yeah, I was it was It was I don't know it's hard for me also mm. to put it into words and it's all those experiences and all this wisdom or knowledge or whatever you're talking about I can imagine how hard it is to put it into words <laughs> because it's just so it's so words are not enough to express this yeah. and and I'm having difficulties in, in even describing this dream but actually I was then in the void from my cell I don't even know when I exit the cell or my body and when I entered the void the, the universe but there was a little dot in the far far distance that became bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it took the shape of the earth <laughs> and I saw that it was the planet earth and I I realized that this zooming in movement in a spiral was actually still ongoing even in the empty void where I thought I saw nothing so I saw the earth turning and I saw it from above from the bird perspective and I zoomed in closer I saw the ocean the land I zoomed in closer until I saw the cities, mm. until I saw a building, until I was inside the white neutral room where I saw myself sitting again. And it continued again. <laughs> I dived deeper into my body until I was again in the universe. And then I saw again the earth. And it was an ongoing, mm. it was a fractal, basically. 
So what you described in the workshop really resonated with me on, on, a, on such a soul deep level because I, I, th I was thinking about this dream and how and about other experiences. As, as I'm an intuitive artist, I also work with mandalas and I use them for meditation. I, I use them for, for therapeutic reasons and, and workshops, but I never knew about this sacred meaning and interconnected mm. meaning behind it. So it was really like connecting the dots. So um, it really is incredible. <laughs> incredible. So beautiful. The dream that you had is like, I wish that everybody could have this dream. Super special. <laughs> wow. Is, I mean, that's the whole sum up of all of the, mm. I think, question that we are looking for. Mm. How everything is connected. Yeah. And the sacred geometry is just one inspiration of it. As you said, like a fractal world that creates us. As you go much deeper, you found the same in the micro. Basically, mm. fractal means a part contains the whole. So if you are part of something, that you are something. If we say like if the Big Bang happens in the beginning or the God creates us, I am whatever it happens, it was one single unity in the beginning. And it just divides itself. Mm. That means you are part of it. And mm. if you are the part, you contain the whole at the same time. You mm. are the universe in the same time. And what we are finding, especially in this day, is quite similar to that philosophical theory, even science now that we are seeing. When we found out the microscopes in the <laughs> science that we see the cells as the most singular unit of the universe and we said our scientists said okay we found the most single unit of the universe and then years passed we developed electron microscopes and they found that inside of the cells we have some atoms mm. and we found that we thought that we found the most single smallest particle of the universe and now we have we have all of this sophisticated microscope that we are seeing inside the atom and we see like uh, nebula stars like a galaxy that we are seeing in tiny atoms so it's not like a philosophical theory anymore it's like scientific mm. results that we are seeing that as above so below that all all creation just happens interconnectedly they're like a reflection of itself mm. If you see everybody like a part of you, that how you can make uh, bad things to others, how you can hurt nature, that you are part of it. You are the nature. You are the other person that you are seeing through. So it is a, like a worldview changing understanding that I am you and you are me. And that is bringing us with this basic mathematical, geometrical... Um, Observation, I would say, is not like a super scientific thing. Nobody needs to study for years. It's just an observation. And when you have this whole holistic idea of how everything is connected, I think your whole entire being is changed. Yeah. And you start to recognize you in other things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you shared a beautiful um, quote. I think it was from Rumi and the mm. workshop 
because we always think that we are a drop out of the yeah. ocean and then the quote it said that you are the whole are the ocean, ocean within a drop, within a drop. Yeah. and there we come back i have goosebumps so i'll just yeah. quoting this yeah. we come back to the topic of separation and mm -hmm. this is a condition in our mind right we were conditioned yeah. to to live in separation but well it's everything connected and Hmm. And I can imagine that, um, as I said before, you know, you, you, you work with sacred geometry on a daily basis. Uh, you, you create those, you, you create the shapes and patterns digitally, right? Yeah. And then you bring it onto a laser wood. printer. Exactly. A basic I use that a laser cutter that I cut wood, engrave wood based mm -hmm. on the mathematical software that I'm using. Basically, that is a beautiful synchronization of the technology and art right mm. now. Yeah, I find it beautiful that you apply it on wood because it's such a... You, you do it digitally, you do it mm. artificially with this yeah. artificial intelligence, but yet then you apply it on wood, which is such a beautiful organic material. Yeah. And um, what does it do to you, for instance, Micah, being surrounded by this artwork on a daily basis, seeing it, because I can imagine that for you, Chan, it must be... Even the process itself must be in incredibly meditative, right? Mm -hmm. Like creating those patterns. And I even know it from just drawing mandalas. It's mm -hmm. just so meditative and it healing yeah. because it requires so much focus. But then you actually bring it on this organic material. You hang it on your walls. You are surrounded by it. You can meditate with it. You can let it be a reminder of this interconnectedness, yeah. of this connection between us and the universe. So... I wonder what it does to you, Mike, as, as someone who lives here with Chan, being surrounded by this art and, and also this wisdom. What does it do to you? I feel very lucky and blessed <laughs> <laughs> to be able to be surrounded by his art. It is amazingly beautiful if you only look at the beauty perspective. But yeah, I think, no, I don't think, I know that it really enhances your vibration. Like, it really helps. I think we would have been living here in a different way if this would not be here. I really feel that. I, the, the amount of times that we hear from other people who are coming into the house for the first time, like, wow, it's such a nice energy here. Mm. That's, of course, something you create as human beings as well, but it also has to do with, I think, a lot of his mm. artwork. It's just something that we recognize and which calms you down, which gives you that that amazing feeling because you feel home basically mm. i think that that's one of the most beautiful things that's what i always had with drawing my mandalas and when i started with those forms that it made me feel happy and some something to hold on to and grounding and that's the same what i feel with with his art it's really i really feel the difference because now we still have some hanging, but there was way more. <laughs> I think the first time you came here, there was more. Yeah. Um, we brought some to a festival. It's still there. And I really noticed the difference. Mm -hmm. I miss, miss that art. Mm -hmm. I, I really that. miss that art. <laughs> <laughs> it was so uh, located. We perfectly located that. We yeah. didn't even think about that, I think, so much in that moment. But it was like next to the doors big frames so that you have this portal when you're walking mm. into a into another room and uh, yeah it's it's really contributing to a to a higher vibration higher feeling 
of happiness, of love, of grounding, of empathy even, I would say. Mm. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah, I think it can really help you in a lot of ways and it helps me in a lot of ways mm. on a daily basis. Yeah. And what about your creative process? Because I, I saw your intuitive paintings as well, mm -hmm. which caught my attention a lot because I, I do intuitive paintings, but completely different. Mm -hmm. So what you use in your artwork is, if I remember correctly, or if I say it correctly, you work with psychedelic elements, with uh, very expressive colors, with goddess creatures with symbolism mm -hmm. so there's a lot of information in these paintings and even three-dimensional structures and textures within your mm. paintings so maybe you can take us a little bit with you on your process of creating intuitive art sure um yeah it didn't start with the, the psychedelic stuff that i'm doing <laughs> right now <laughs> that's actually something that i started last year um yeah I started with drawing leaves basically I I remember me picking up like walking with my granddad somewhere in nature picking up leaves and he telling me from which which trees they were coming and we took them home and I made a collage and we put like a sheet of paper over it and I was calling them like all kids do or I hope all kids do <laughs> <laughs> and after that like I I started To seeing those patterns and understand that you don't need a leaf to be able to draw to draw that so i started to explore more with nature with animals i drew a lot of animals um i started to draw the the stories of my grandpa that he was telling me and i was fascinated by nature since very little so my drawing started from that as well i also used um when like where I lived when I was very young it was a very new neighborhood so we had these huge piles of sand everywhere but this sand because it was um, this river yeah bottom of the sea area in Holland it was a lot of clay if you mm. dug a little bit deeper so I would start make forms with that clay like coming home totally black and because I made statues you know <laughs> and yeah that's where where it started it was just like I saw something that I wanted to recreate so I wanted to draw a bird so I was looking at birds so I wanted to make a statue so I saw sand or whatever was there and started to create something and very freely and very non-judging and I was not busy with or thinking with like oh is this good or not like, mm. I never had that feeling in that moment and I remember that one time for Sinterklaas this holiday we have in Holland And I got this set of spirals, like, I don't know if you know them, maybe you know them. Like, it's a set of spirals, and you can, uh, you have a form, an outlay, like a, the size of a paper, and these spirals can turn in them. So you put them in, and then you put mm, your pencil yeah. in them, and then they make turns. To create mandalas. And that was the first time I found out that you could create mandalas. Wow. <laughs> and I was maybe four years old or something, very wow. young, maybe even younger. Yeah. Something like that. And I was in love with that kit. <laughs> it was amazing. I was just trying all the colors, different shapes, different forms for each other. Like, I even drew like in my mom's hallway and upstairs. <laughs> Everything was with those things. That was my yeah finding out of geometrical shapes, I think, and, mm. and mandalas. I just realize this now. Yeah, and then later, after the whole period where I didn't draw or didn't paint... 
um, I started to do to draw and paint again nature, and I was very attracted by behavior in that moment. That's why I came into the nursing field as well. I never was so much focused on the body, but way more in, into why people are acting a certain way because I never understood society. I think that was my trigger, and I never understood why people were acting a certain way and why I did not understood what everybody was understanding. So. Um, yeah, I started to draw people, mostly faces, and I started to draw my own hands and like body parts in different positions, and it was all real, like realistic stuff in the beginning. Um, until I felt like it's kind of boring, you know, mm. like I'm kind of doing the same the whole time. <laughs> like I was fascinated by faces, but eventually like faces are faces and yeah a little bit more or less hair but it's not getting way more interesting for me in that moment so then I was like okay, um, okay maybe I should start exploring a little bit more and I started to do a little bit more abstract but not really my thing started to explore with different material materials uh, charcoal ink uh, different kinds of paint oil acrylic watercolor everything I tried everything and some things I liked some things I didn't like and eventually when I came here to Barcelona is when I really started painting again and started exploring and I met a woman in, in Frequency Village, she's a friend of me right now, and a beautiful artist, her name is Magda. And the first time I came to that group of people that, um, yeah, we had a conversation about what are you doing and we were having dinner and she was telling about her art and showing me, I was like a little embarrassed about my art in that moment. Yeah, I, like to paint as well <laughs> and then she's like oh what, what what do you do then and do you something specific what kind of direction I was like I have really no clue I'm just figuring out I don't know what I'm doing basically just creating and then she said like wow that's so special I really remember like that is so special because you know what if you're an artist like I am I consider myself an artist but I can only do that you know because I chose that and people are expecting this now from me that I do that and she told me like keep exploring keep doing that and even though you like a direction never stick fully with that direction yeah. and keep expressing yourself what's within instead of thinking that you have to create something that someone needs to buy mm. because that's the risk as an artist that you need to make money and that you find a way to make money and then just go for that and don't forget about why you started doing that yeah and it puts pressure on you as well yeah and your creative expression you yeah. all of a sudden have this burden that you carry on your shoulders that you actually have to make a living right yeah definitely i don't know if you uh, read this book big magic i, I often refer to it in, in no, my no. I mean, no it's uh there uh, it's from elizabeth gilbert and mm -hmm. she says that um basically we should try to avoid making money out of art or that that shouldn't be at least the goal because mm -hmm. eventually it might happen mm -hmm. naturally but if you put the pressure on yourself as an artist or in your artistic expression that you have to generate money in terms of energy exchange out of your art mm -hmm. this will suffocate your creativity yeah. at some point yeah i can totally mm. imagine that i've always felt like i would love to make money with what i do yeah i think it's valuable um But I'm not someone who can stick with something for so yeah. long as well. Like and my mind is going everywhere. Mm, so I start five paintings at the same time, maybe yeah. in one week, and I never finish them. Yeah. Or at least I think they're not good enough yet to be called finished. 
So <laughs> sometimes and unfinished paintings are also the most interesting ones. I feel that's so funny because yeah, like my right now my art is also visible when people are coming in the house yeah. and I get reactions to that and it's super yeah. interesting for me to see as well that when I think that something is not finished someone else is already saying like, oh wow blah, blah, blah. and I go really? Yeah, I don't see that because that's also an artist thing that you don't mm -hmm. see what you create anymore you don't value it as much anymore you, you put the, the bar higher and higher so That's something that I had to learn, like to start going back. Is this okay? Like, mm. Is it something that I wanted to express? And if that's true, then that's okay. Then it doesn't need to always be better or more beautiful yeah. or whatever. It's something that I'm struggling with. I, yeah. I work with uh, I work with art therapeutically, so mm. I um, I always and within the workshops that I organize, I always say that it's not about the result. Actually, yeah, the yeah. result is the least important. It's about the process. It's about yeah. what you feel throughout the process of yeah. creating, and that is already the reward. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's not about whether something is beautiful or not. No, and because I think it's very subjective. Exactly, well. and and you know, as you expressed it earlier when you were talking about your childhood, that you didn't even think about what it looked like, mm -hmm. and you were just so free in your expression, and you did it for yeah. the sake of doing it, of yeah. creating, of of trying to to express what you saw on the outside and, and kind of transform nature, even clay that mm -hmm. you found into something, an expression of your soul, of your senses, of your sense perception. Yeah. And then later in your later years, you used art as a tool to actually understand what's happening in the outside. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, you were kind of projecting the outside on what you did. Yeah. And then later it was the other way around. That was interesting in, in the process of what you just described. Yeah. And I've heard that like all my life that people said, yeah, it's not about what how it looks or yeah. the outcome. It's about the process. And I never understood that actually. Because mm. I was not even understanding what I was doing or <laughs> what it was giving me, you know. That's actually something really recent that I, that I... Actually, when I met John, I got way more words to understand um, what I was feeling. So I... I never studied this whole consciousness thing and about the universe and about energy. These things for me came natural. So I was born that way. So I never had the, the need to explore that because it was just there. And you can say on one hand, like that's a lucky thing that you, you already had that. But on the other hand, I never understood a thing about other things that were very easy for other people. And with art, it was the same. Like, I've always been expressing myself because that's just who I am in that way. But I never understood what I was actually doing. Mm. And that's when John came in that I started to understand that also more. And that I started to give in to that creativity that it doesn't need to be something. Or it doesn't have to be beautiful. or. Yeah. Like the painting you were talking about, that is my first psychedelic art painting, actually. Mm. And that's, for me, the essence of pure exploration in everything I've done so far. Because I work with different materials, which I would never do. I would never use watercolor, acrylic, um, some acrylic pens, some pencils, um, structural paints, uh, stickers, whatever. I would never use that combined mm -hmm. because that would be something that you could not do in my head. Mm. And now I was just like, okay, but it, it started to form that way and I just accepted that it came like that. 
And I really love how it's turning out. It's almost finished now. I was working on it today, actually. But I love that. And I love that I found that exploration phase back. And that I don't feel that pressure anymore. Like, it needs to be like that. Mm. John doesn't like the painting. And I said <laughs> the other day to him, like, but you don't like it. And he was like, but I don't need to like it. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, that's true. He that's doesn't true. need to like it. Because I do like it, actually. I know. <laughs> so it. it is still some ongoing battle inside yeah. of me, like, that other people need to like what I'm creating. Mm. And am I allowed to create whatever I want? And at the same time, when I'm feeling that, it's, it's ridiculous, that thought. And I can yeah. tell myself as well, like, who is someone else to tell me what I, or I, I, will, I can or cannot do, mm. you know? And I will not limit myself anymore in that way. So I see for the future as well, it's only going to be more crazy and more expressive <laughs> and more inspirational. And yeah, it's super nice. It's interesting in, in that you two have such a different approach. You, you both express yourself creatively and you use the creative expression as a tool as a complementary tool for for your work with the consciousness with the interconnectedness with your gatherings and mm -hmm. and yet you, you express it in such a different way and it's really interesting yeah. and it resonates like everything that you said i didn't never i never wanted to interfere but I, i was able to say to everything every sentence that you said i was able to say yes yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, me too me too me too <laughs> because actually yeah. for me as well my my path has really started in barcelona mm -hmm. the path that i am currently on and uh, it started just as you chan said earlier with uh with the darkness face like being very much in the shadow sides I was there for many, many years and I identified with my shadow sides and identifying with my darkness and kind of making myself complicated or, or not understanding complexity. For me, complexity was a synonym of being complicated. Well, it's actually the, the opposite, right? If you're complex, you should understand that simplicity is the most complex <laughs> thing. And then <laughs> it's just, um, for me, the, the, the path that I'm on now really started with with a difficult breakup and then after that breakup my entire world changed and my perception and of who I was of what my values were of what love was um, of how I was in the universe of how I was of service of uh, what darkness and, and, and light is of you know of this duality world that we live in and, mm -hmm. and what path I can choose and and it's funny that for the three of us you know you you both said that the starting point was barcelona mm. <laughs> it's it's beautiful that um because i resonate mm. a lot with it yeah. and um yeah i well, i wanted to ask you because the the main focus of the podcast is as well how creativity can actually help us on the path of spiritual growth of personal development of mental health even mm. so as you both express yourself creatively in, in, a, in such a beautiful and frequent way how would you say what role plays creativity in your life for me it's everything i think we would not exist without our creativity because for me it's literally um, part of everything i do in my day, day in my daily life it's not only the expression in art it's also the choice of words It is the sound of your voice. It's the way you dress. It's the way you, you express yourself through body language. It's, it's everything, basically. And the moment I got more aware of that, it started to be more fun as well. Yeah. 
life started to be more fun. Mm. I started expressing and uh, experiencing my own expression more and by that being more able to be more creative. And I think creative wise I'm growing still every day, every minute. Um, and I see more the parts where I can be more creative also every day. So for me, conversation, that's actually where, where it started way back. My creativity, other than painting and, and drawing, started with conversation because it, with a conversation you can choose your words and with your words you can influence someone or not. Yeah. And when I was kind of in my dark times, I was influencing people by using my words because I knew I was strong with my words. So I could make them go this way or that way. And that's a powerful thing, but it's also a dangerous thing. It's not a good thing in, if you use it in a bad way. Mm. So now here and in the, in the last 10 years or something, I have started to understand that creativity is in so many things. And if you express yourself from love, from as much unity as possible that you can find, um, from gratitude, um, from yeah, from your deepest within, basically, then you can create anything you want. It's just looking in the right places. And for me, it's also the way I feel. It's my happiness and sadness. It doesn't mean that I don't create. I, when I feel sad, I create in a different way. But in, in my happiness, I create in another way. But it's always there. Creation, creativity, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, There's it is. Yeah, the, the word creation, yeah. creativity. In, in German, I don't know if you have that word in Dutch, but we have that word Schöpferkraft. Mm -hmm. So it means actually being creative means to step into the power of creation. Mm. And that's so powerful. And I'm, I'm missing that in the English language because I don't know why, how to say it, but yeah. Yeah, it is everything. It is the source, yeah. right? Yeah. I think there is no non-creation mm. and there is no non-creativity. I think there is a level of awareness. Mm. So how aware are we about our creativity? And I think the more aware we get about the world, uh, about ourselves, about relationships, about our powers, the more creative we can deal with them. Mm. So the more we can influence them, choose our realities and, and create whatever we want in that way. Mm. So it's more for me about awareness and training that and diving into that every day more and more. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and for you, Chen? Well, yeah, it's well said. <laughs> <laughs> I will completely agree that is the creation is the creativity itself. I see the whole human experience also as a masterpiece of art. Mm. And we are, each of us, is a masterpiece of art. It's up to us which color that we want to use in our palette. I see that everybody is an artist that paints his own life. And we have a palette that has infinite colors. And we so conditioned and we so lack of awareness of our palette that we choose a couple of colors to make some portraits, make some houses that for ourselves. Mostly they are like gray colors, especially in the States. But we have 
all of the spectrum even beyond that mm. we can paint any life that we desire is in front of us our being is a colorful expression of total creation so we are the ones who in that picture and who are the one who is painting that mm. and the picture itself also <laughs> so i don't see anything separated from that too so creativity i would say the life itself is like a evolution of consciousness i think this creative side of ourselves is ever growing and always forming based on the current state of our minds but there is no time that we weren't creative so it's a beautiful picture that yeah. you just painted like it's a beautiful metaphor for sure yeah. so yeah i would say let's be aware of our more or our colors and what type of picture we want to mm. live in it take full responsibility of our own picture always Mm. If we are living in this conscious universe that is reflection of our vibration basically it's that means you are responsible every single pixel in your life so yeah. if there's something that is disturbing us okay paint a different one paint a different yeah. thing we have power paint to over paint. it yeah paint yeah. over paint mm-hmm. just start five paintings a week and <laughs> you never know which one you finish you know? well maybe the, if it's what we do in daily life if it's a you painting see. of your life you don't have to paint a new life you can change your life too <laughs> yeah that's what i mean like so, that's what i mean like sometimes we start something mm-hmm. for a reason and then like two days later or two months later or two years later we find out oh shit that's not really what i wanted to do and we mm. stop that but you never know which further in life you find out like hey that what i was doing there made sense in a way because i need that now yeah so you start a lot of things in your life you start a lot of paintings you use mm-hmm. a lot of different colors and and some moments they don't make sense you start something else yeah. but you always can come back to that and you always did that for a certain reason which yeah. is going to be valuable later on yeah it's what Chan also uh, what you said in the beginning that all your experiences the architecture mm-hmm. even played a role into what you're yeah. doing mm-hmm. now right I also noticed that I mean I, I studied graphic design and then I worked in fashion you know it's a it's completely contrary world to what I'm doing now but it still all made sense the, yeah. con- the dots are connecting and they all brought me where I am here and we can use the tools that we mm-hmm. use on our path and integrate it in, in something beautiful that can be of service I yeah. believe we are of course collecting those skills for those moments yeah. nothing in the life that we are is happening not for a reason, reason. Yeah. so at some time the flash comes okay now I can combine this and that in a, this way mm. so I think these are the moments that you feel okay everything is connecting and I can force all of these Uh, skills into one and create something completely unique and if you see as a human beings as a piece of art to the last topic that we are each unique masterpieces mm. so there is no one like you in the world that have these experiences so if you see in the perspective you are the only one 
who gather those skills, who make these experiences real. So if we see something from our eyes, that's a perfect opportunity for us to, to create this artwork mm. Mm. of life. Because we are the one who can combine those things. And it's not an easy thing to do for many, but I will say just paint one color first yeah. and you see the impact. You yeah. see the, how much it changed your life. Yeah. And then the rest will be like, a, it's easy. Mm. and so fast I, I think that's the only key to make a first color first different first color yeah. yeah in the beginning and then the rest will paint itself that's actually the the question the the end question of this interview i wanted to ask you to wrap mm. our conversation up is uh what tip you have to share with our listeners if there's any method any technique that you want to share with uh, everyone who's listening how to start being creative how to integrate connection and creative mm. consciousness in their lives maybe even connected to sacred geometry to mandalas is there anything that you'd like mm -hmm. to share as a tip that yeah someone who doesn't even paint on a regular basis can do mm -hmm. and what i can recommend if you want to start expressing yourself more um, the only thing you need is a pen and pencil pen or pencil and a paper and um, just scratch but don't close your eyes sit with your pencil and your paper and scratch on that paper for I don't know just a little bit maybe 10 seconds and then you can open your eyes and you're looking at what you scratched and it's probably nothing because you just scratched something mm -hmm. no But if you look more, you're gonna see things in it. So you're gonna highlight those things. You can take another color of pencil or a pen um, and you can start highlighting those things and maybe you will find a little man walking on the street. Maybe you'll find a dog or maybe you'll find a cloud or a little kid or a shell or whatever. It can be anything. But that's where your imagination is triggered and where you create something out of nothing. Something that everybody can do, which is really simple, but it can really stimulate your creativity. I love that. that. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful one. Yeah. And what you say, reflect me on those days, is just take a pen, just start and do some random things. Do some random shapes and forms. And especially if you want to integrate the sacred geometry part in it just take a pine cone in your hand or like uh, take an apple take something just look at it and you don't try to make the same shape mm. but just look at it and feel it is it like a spiral is it like a sphere is it like a triangular thing but not try to make a triangle but just feel sensation of triangle and just make mm. some things with that mm. and if you just intuitively connect with anything Even your hand, your plant, uh, it could anything. You can start to transmit some aspects of it intuitively without much sophisticated like, tools or like, measuring or anything, just feeling of it. And I think in the end that will lead up to something that you wouldn't expect in the beginning. Mm. But just intuitive drawing, I would say, is a quite magical thing that yeah. is bring something we wouldn't expect from the beginning definitely and i think we can start more and more every 
in steps more deeper forms even highlighting what you say also yeah. like, is about that so take the things around yeah. you and abstract them and break them down yeah. to the geometric shapes and, and intuitively make your own yeah. okay well thank you so much for sharing it was very <laughs> inspiring it was uh, beautiful to have your insights to to dive deeper into your souls into your art into your mm. perception into your into the love that you share the light that you share and i just i am so deeply grateful for having met you for sitting here with you for feeling your energy for sharing your energy and i'm really um, i want to say thank you that you took your time that you shared your wisdom with us and your inspiration and yeah thank you so much thank you so much you're a beautiful woman and so much to give and You have been sharing so much with us from the beginning. Mm. We're super grateful that you invited us and that you're here. Thank you so much. <laughs> I will put all your details mm. of your your Instagram, your your um, Facebook group for everyone who is in Barcelona. Please, guys, visit mm. them. Visit mm. Mike and Chan. Mm. It's really something life-changing for many, I'm sure. Mm. So. And my workshop about the the divine human will be online as ah, well amazing so it will not only be mm. in physical amazing yes i will i will link that in the show notes for sure so people can sign up yes amazing <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much again for this beautiful smile in front of us to inspire yes. us to these shining eyes to just mm. guide us so beautiful lighthouse yeah. <laughs> the work you are doing is I would say like this is one of the main basic reasons that we are doing the gatherings too it's like serving to collective in the best insights that we found and I'm really deeply grateful to seeing this type of people around me that is putting one more more and third more building blocks for this new evolution basically so i will deeply thank you for your work and i wish lots of inspirations for your journey also that we are hearing it's getting super interesting yes so yeah i <laughs> wish you the so best much. for it <laughs> thank you so much thank you <laughs> Ja, ich hoffe, du bist gerade genauso geflasht von dem Thema Sacred Geometry, wie ich es nach dem Workshop war und jetzt nochmal nach diesem Interview. Und ich finde, Chan und Maike sind wirklich so wunderschöne Seelen, die ihr Licht auf so schöne Art und Weise mit der Welt teilen und so fantastische Arbeit leisten, indem sie einfach nur Liebe ausstrahlen und jeden mit offenen Armen und einem offenen Herzen empfangen. Und ich hoffe, das konntest du über diese Episode spüren und greifen. Und das ganze Thema Sacred Geometry ist natürlich extrem umfangreich und ja komplex und tief und unendlich eigentlich. Und ich hoffe dennoch, dass du eine grobe Idee davon bekommen hast, worum es sich dabei handelt und ja zumindest vielleicht einen Anstoß bekommen hast, die Natur, deinen Körper und alles in dir selbst und um dich herum mit diesem neuen Blickwinkel der Interconnectedness zu betrachten. Und vielleicht wirst du in den nächsten Tagen, Wochen und Monaten merken, 
So wäre es nämlich bei mir, dass du mehr und mehr Geometrie auch im Alltag und der Natur entdeckst und überall Fraktale, Spiralen, Mandalas und die Blume des Lebens wiederfindest und <lacht> diese Form dann sogar vielleicht innerhalb deines kreativen Prozesses integrieren kannst in die Bilder, die du malst. Und wenn du trotzdem irgendwelche Fragen zu dem Thema Sacred Geometry haben solltest, dann kannst du mir diese sehr, sehr gerne unter meinem heutigen Instagram-Post auf Let That Soul Flow mitteilen. Alle Links zu der heutigen Episode wie Chans Instagram-Account mit seinen geometrischen Kunstwerken auf Holz sowie der Facebook-Gruppe Creator Stripe Barcelona findest du ansonsten in den Shownotes. Und wie immer freue ich mich natürlich über eine positive Bewertung auf iTunes und jeglichen Support von dir. Ansonsten danke ich dir so, so sehr für deine Zeit heute, dir diesen Deep Talk über die universelle Sprache der Geometrie anzuhören. Und ich wünsche dir noch einen ganz magischen Rest des Tages oder abends, wo auch immer du gerade sein magst und verabschiede mich wie immer mit Spark Creativity und bis zur nächsten Folge. Musik